Hello listeners, I'm your host Ziad Matar and I would like to welcome you all to the Wirelessly Yours podcast where I talk about everything tech, business and design. On each episode, I invite some of the brightest minds to join me and discuss cutting-edge technologies, emerging business models and the latest design trends that are transforming our world and shaping the future. Wirelessly Yours. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this new episode of the Wirelessly Yours podcast. I'm your host Ziad Matar and in this episode, we'll talk about design, fonts and creativity. And to talk about this today, I have the great honor and privilege of hosting Dr. Nadine Shaheen, an award-winning typeface designer and principal at Arabic Type Limited, and one of the 100 most creative people in business, according to Fast Company magazine. Nadine also holds a master's in international relations from Cambridge University and happens to be my human-in-law as our dogs are dating. (laughs) Nadine, welcome to the Wireless Yours podcast. Hi, Thanks Zia. for accepting my invitation. <laughs> a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation. It's great to be here. You're welcome. Uh, let's talk a bit about your background. You know, literally, figuratively, what's behind you, but also <laughs> where did you start and how did you become a, a typeface designer? <laughs> right. So um, the background here is Barcelona. I, I am currently here um, escaping <laughs> escaping what's happening in the UK with you know, between Brexit and lockdown and all of that. Um, I'm normally based in London, but but now in Barcelona. Um, uh, so that's the sort of literal <laughs> interpretation. Uh, when it comes to my, my own background as a designer, I so I grew up in Beirut. I'm, I'm Lebanese. I uh, studied at the American University of Beirut. I studied graphic design, then got really interested in, in type design, went for a master's degree in Reading University. Uh, in the UK, um, and then worked a little bit, then, you know, went for a PhD as well. So I, I tend to collect degrees as we go along. <laughs> it's a nice collection. Yeah. <laughs> what what drove you into type, actually? Because I know that uh, from listening uh, a lot, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I look a lot at what uh, Steve Jobs and Apple do, and I know that one of the biggest aha moments in his, uh, you know, uh, in his early career was the... the the course that you took about uh, yes. type. Uh, so what, yes. made you, what made you uh, go get into this and uh, and why do you like it so much? What's the passion? Yeah, thank you. Um, so it started as part of the graphic design course I was uh, taking at the, uh, at the American University of Beirut. Uh, in our second year, we had typography courses and, and we had an Arabic typography class with uh, Samir Sayer, who is my mentor and an amazing calligrapher, art critic, an author, and um, so so he introduced myself and the rest of our class and many generations before us and after us to the beauty of Arabic calligraphy and and the legacy that we inherit um, and and just the 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 gorgeousness of the design the the the, the, the beauty the elegance and uh, it felt uh, as if it was the first time that I am able to see um, something Arabic that I can be proud of. You know, um, it, it it felt that there is something <laughs> to 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 help us lift our head up, <laughs> and at the same time, there was such a massive contrast between the beauty and elegance of Arabic calligraphy and the reality of Arabic typefaces that are used in day-to-day communication. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you look at the fonts that are being used for signage, for books, for magazines, for newspapers, what else, the, the, the quality of the design was quite poor. And such a big contrast between what the letter forms in Arabic look like when it's calligraphy versus what they look like when it's fonts, uh, yeah. th- that it was it was unbelievable. And and so that, that contrast was, I found a problem, but the bigger problem was, 
that uh, when we were having you know like uh, design projects to to do for university we we would have for example poster design or newsletter or what else and uh, most of the time, I mean, it's AUB, right? Everything was in English. And occasionally they would tell us, no, for this project, design it in Arabic. And every time we get to design in Arabic, it doesn't look as good as when we yeah. design in Latin and we're speaking English. And for me, it was not okay that every time we design in Arabic, it looks like we're almost backward. It, it felt that this is a statement about who we are as people. And, and there wasn't enough variety even in the styles of typefaces available. So it was almost like there was only one type of Arab that you could be because there's only one type of expression that you could have. And, and there was no sense of modernity. There was no sense of informality. There was so much that was missing that it felt that we were restricted in what we could hope for and to express visually about who we are. Because at the end of the day, typography is, is the visual expression of language. And so if you are not able to express yourself visually about who you are and what you want to be and your ambitions in life and ambitions as a culture then you're really restricted and and for me that was the heart of the problem that's interesting because of um, uh, various things actually that you mentioned but yes for sure as you said the our calligraphy is probably one of the most beautiful in the world Absolutely. i don't think uh, yes. any yes. other language can uh, yeah. can match it uh, <laughs> And at the same time, we, we seem to be stuck in some form of uh, Times New Roman or Comic Sans <laughs> when it comes to everything that we see yeah. uh, uh, everywhere else. But uh, so that's quite uh, interesting. And of course, we have a lot to be proud of. But it's good yeah. uh, as Arab, it's good that yeah. we we can remind ourselves. But uh, and also, yeah. you know, I always say that uh, I'm very privileged to uh, live in, in in two countries right now that represent the, the, the you know the things that uh, as an Arab world we should be proud of to buy from one side which is really the future and it's an amazing city you know at the heart of the Arab world and Spain where we have uh, Andalusia right next door yes. and, yes. and and yeah. you know that's also another summit I would say of, yeah. of, of reach as a civilization but that's very nice so we talk about the elephant in the zoom in the first section <laughs> you know, like, uh, okay. I always I, what I would ask like is, is is really why would anybody design a font of course there is a lack of fonts but I mean there's enough fonts you know 10 20 25 what would why would a brand or a company uh, need to desire uh, design its own font and that's in general whether in Arabic or in right uh, in, yes in yes I mean when when it comes to Latin there's tens of thousands so that's even more like in Arabic at least you could say we don't have enough and therefore we don't have enough nuance of expression and so therefore you need to commission but but in Latin there's just tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and you still get the commissions for custom design in Latin um, and and basically it's it, it comes down to the question, do we really need new fonts? Do we, do we really need that? And, and, and it's the same like saying, do we really need more songs? Do we need more music? Uh, but because at the end of the day, there is a very similar expression to both, that, that you have something to say and you want to say it. Right. And so so this is where I mean, obviously, music is more for entertainment rather than for, you know, more utilitarian you know, uh, usages like like type design is because it's part of graphic design and visual communication. But yeah. still, it's it's um, 
you quite often uh, find brands that want to have their own unique voice because typography is the voice. And so if we if we have a custom typeface that is distinctive from other typefaces, uh, you are immediately able to sort of brand yourself as like, ah, we know this, this is that. So in the Arab world, for example, the first really big instance of, of custom Arabic typeface that really sort of made it into collective consciousness was Al Arabiya, right? Uh, they had a very distinctive typeface with a Temar Buta at the end, which was open. And, and, and that really became such a distinctive element of the branding of that TV channel. And when you're switching TV channels and, and you see the ticker, you don't even need to see the logo. You, you, you know that this is Al Arabiya. And so there is that element as well. Not all typefaces are as distinctive, uh, but, but this is, yeah, this is one of the reasons. A good question about that, actually, that uh, I, I'm curious about. Is it mm -hmm. is it the logo that then becomes a typeface, uh, particularly in the case of Arabia, or uh, or can it be different? It, it, does, it, it could go either way. You could okay. design a typeface and then use that to create a logo, or you could have a logo and then you say, you know what, this is great, let's expand it and make a typeface. So so both both ways are, uh, you know. Yeah, I was expecting that you say Emirates Airlines, but in fact, their English <laughs> typeface is much more recognizable maybe than their Arabic, but their logo is yes. actually in yeah. Arabic letters. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. But um, yeah, but, but the thing is that Al Arabiya is in your home every day yeah. on TV. Uh, Emirates is not, right? Yes. Uh, it, it's, it's when you're traveling, if you see their advertising, but it doesn't live in your home, you know? So so the power of, of the TV brand is, yeah, quite big. And uh, going back to also uh, uh, something that you highlighted during university is most of Arabic visual content, as you said, yeah. uh, in general looks less appealing. I don't know if it's only the typhus, but I always have these discussions with my dad, who's a writer. It's like, when I go into a, a library, first of all, I hardly find any Arabic books. Yeah. But if I find, I'm talking in Dubai uh, yeah. in particular, and even in Lebanon. Yeah. Uh, but even if I find, they look like they've been designed in uh, 1972. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's brown, grayish, beige, and I'm, I'm yeah, colorblind, yeah. so I hardly see anything. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and it's the same, uh, you know, font or, or some yeah. very cheap uh, calligraphy yeah. so yeah. do you uh, despite that and you know our discussion always centers with my dad is like who reads anymore and who reads arabic in general i mean is yeah. there leadership so yeah. why does it even matter more uh, nowadays and how come you can actually be so busy uh, yeah. designing arabic fonts <laughs> yeah so um the thing is that most of the custom commissions, they come from large brands like in TV or banks or, uh, you know, quite large brands, not, not necessarily publications. Uh, you know, so when you look to publishing as an industry in the Middle East, uh, it's not as sort of rich right, as TV channels and media and what else, uh, mostly because people are consuming TV more than they are consuming books, which is a shame because we should be reading more, all of us, yeah. in any case. And and so, um, so, so that is the reality. So when you go to like look within publishing design, there is one sector currently um, in in Arabic publishing, which is actually booming and doing, you know, amazing new things. And that's um, children's books, right? Okay. So if you look like, um, for example, in, in Beirut, if you go to, you know, a virgin uh, store or, you know, any, any of, yeah, Maktabit Antoine or any of them, like the section for children's books 
is actually quite interesting. And I know also like I've been in Abu Dhabi to, uh, you know, book fairs and, and, and I've seen the sections with children's books. I, quite interesting what is going on. Uh, in Egypt, you get a lot of, of amazing things happening. So that at least that field is is doing well. But when you get to the rest, I mean, um, you you need to have uh, trained designers, you need to have the licensing of the fonts. The, the, there is cost that comes with bringing good design. And there isn't, I think, enough readership for that industry to pick up, you know? to get that much funding for a book cover or what else so so that that is i think one of the problems but but yes we do need to uh, support it because we really need to be speaking in arabic listen <laughs> arabic we we need to we need to it's it's our language you know because i've lived in in germany so i've lived in dubai obviously and i've lived in germany for 10 and a half years in the uk for 5 years i'm currently in spain but none of them are my own language, you know? It's, yeah. it's such a big difference when you are able to speak your language, to read in your language, and every time, because now I speak obviously Arabic and English, but but also German and, and Spanish, minor degrees, and with every language, it brings with it its own culture and its own, like there are words that I love in German that don't exist anywhere else, right? Or phrases or, or things and, and, and um, and so reading in our own language and speaking in our own language is a way to 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 keep our culture alive and and so you know supporting that is is important i know i'm digressing a little bit but <laughs> no, no, on the contrary this is uh, you know we, we talk we'll say said we'll talk about design and creativity as well not only about uh, fonts and uh, yeah. <laughs> i think uh, that is part of it and, and we are coming to the next section which i'm calling business unusual the unusual yeah. Uh, is that because I think it, it will never be business as usual, especially nowadays. <laughs> things have moved in the last uh, fifteen months or so. But so we attack design, but also your uh, study. You studied international relations. Yes. And yes. Uh, how do you balance between those two things? Not only how do you balance them as opposed, how do they feed yeah. into each other? How how the, how do you see design in this case, type and language, a bridging between? You know, yeah, yeah. cultures, conflicts, countries, whatever. Absolutely, it's very, very important to me. So I've I've always been very interested in politics, um, and and you know when you're Lebanese, politics is your life. Whether you're interest, interested in it or not, it has played such a formative uh, role in in our growing up because we grew up in the civil war and we still pay the price for that to this day and age. Um, and and so so I've always been interested in that aspect. And then when I moved to Europe and I was speaking about Arabic type, I, I needed to explain my culture before I explain my design, because my design has to speak to what I want for my culture. And so it, it, it was almost always impossible to go up and speak about my work without speaking about the setting that has made me who I am, right? And what I want for it. So, so that connection between culture and design and to a certain extent politics, because politics has shaped the region so much, uh, whether in a repressive or not repressive way, um, you know, we, it, it was impossible to, to, to escape that connection. And at some point I was like, I, I speak so much about politics. I, I need to know what I'm saying. And so I went and I decided to, to, to do the masters at Cambridge and, Honestly, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It's it's been great, um, but but at the heart of that is is the recognition that one typefaces play a role in individual communication uh, of of a culture and and of a language of and of ideas, and 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 those are tied into politics. And at the same time, uh, when we need to design 
multi-script like Arabic and English together and what else. We have, we're trying to bring elements that are in opposition to, to live in harmony together. And, and that for me is something which is, um, you know, reflective of the type of dialogue we need to be having across civilizations as well. So between the West and the Arab world and or over the East and the Arab world, now we start to speak as well. And so, so it's important to, to recognize the role of visual communication as reflective of a larger dialogue we need to be having as civilizations. But at the same time, like my, my master's, uh, my thesis for at Cambridge was related to structures of power and different forms of power. Completely like a political understanding of these things, and and um, after that, I've I've managed to uh, you know come up with a framework of how we uh, can categorize different forms of power, and then I've been giving lectures on the topic of what forms of power are available to designers and communicators, and lecturing on that because there's a lot of words that we use as designers that sort of relate to power, but we really don't understand always what we are saying. And, and so to come in and to bring international relations theory to help me understand what I can do as a designer has sort of expanded my view, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I share that <laughs> with, with the others and I give lectures and workshops. And, and, and so there's, yeah, there's a lot of power in, in visual communication and, and to form narrative, to, to, to challenge narratives, to uh, give meaning uh, to events. Uh, to 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 uh, collect memories, uh, to document memories as well, uh, to to create soft power. Um, you know, there's quite a lot that we can do. Absolutely, as I, I think I mean, you know just a few anecdotes because I, I you know as we talk, I start realizing, oh my god, I I know this yeah. and I've seen that, but a few yeah. things. Some some of them may have some a bit a bit of maybe di different or or. Uh, Connotations, but you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and uh, where does the U.S. English uh, spelling come from compared mm -hmm. to the U.K. English? You know, why do we draw? Why do uh, American English drop the U in yeah. color and in favor and in neighbor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And why do? We, and, and it was specifically about uh, you know creating a clear independence from uh, the British rule at the time. So, okay, we're gonna write it differently yeah. because first of all, it makes more sense. And yeah. second of all, because uh, we want to be different. And uh, apparently... Not because we need to make the for the telegram shorter as well. I thought that was the reason. We're making it cheaper. Um, <laughs> no, I'll send you the... Uh, apparently, you know, it was, yeah. I think, Mr. Webster himself yeah. who, who started. And he had a few others that he he, he dropped. I mean, they didn't latch on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, but mostly it's like, okay, if I don't pronounce it, why should it be there? And, you know, if it's if it sounds yeah. like organized with a Z, it should be with a Z, not with a Z. Yeah, with a S. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. There, there's no saving there, and yeah. uh, and of course, but but on a more even more related to specifically Arabic type, and I I never thought about this before, but I mean Turkey changed completely, you know, and yeah. started using Latin characters and yeah, uh, yeah. to to denote a strong break, you know, from uh, yeah yeah that was a political uh, decision, yeah. absolutely, and, yeah, and that's with strong cultural implications, yeah yeah the, the funniest one is uh, is uh, I don't know if you heard about it a few years ago Fontgate in Pakistan. Frontgate, no? Frontgate, yeah, it's like Watergate. Frontgate oh. in Pakistan is when they realized that a document was forged because the document, it was a letter that was produced as evidence in the court, and this is related to uh, the daughter of the president of Pakistan. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and that said that, you know, that, that was pretending to be dated uh, at a yeah. certain year, yeah. and it actually was written in Calibri. 
Yes, and yes, Calibri yes. Calibri wasn't no, invented I, yet. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was an interesting you know, yeah, yeah, way yeah. a font could uh, cause a big, uh, big yeah, drama. Yeah, yeah, you know, there is someone uh, from the industry, Tom Finney, who regularly consults uh, on court cases, on forgeries, because uh -huh. uh, he will be able to tell you if this specific version of this typeface was available in Word or not at the time it was being written. So uh, there's actually quite a career to be made in, you know, looking for fortunate. I, I can see a podcast coming soon, uh, yeah, so yeah. a whole series. So let's talk about it later on when when yeah. we go for a walk with uh, Charlie and Coconut. Yes. I'm going to also bring you uh, my, my love T-shirt. Uh, it's okay. written from Arabic. Okay. Uh, and and that's, uh, I'll explain to you the story before some of my listeners might have heard it in another uh, podcast, but uh, it's one way we use in, in Meditari, which is uh, our telecom advisory firm, to actually you know create uh, long-lasting relationships with clients and people that we meet at, at events right. and conferences okay. and meetings. So okay. we'll talk about uh, that later on. I wanted to talk about the future uh, yes. now a little bit, and and because yeah. you meant you you mentioned it uh, a little bit as well, you know. We are moving into a more audio world. This is why this is a podcast. Yes. That's why we're both listening, you know, through audio uh, yes. <laughs> airpods and other devices. Uh, and that has opened a whole world of uh, of audio interface where we don't see anything. We talk to a Siri. Siri doesn't yes. have a font. Alexa yes. doesn't have a font. No. Uh, <laughs> how how do you see uh, uh, you know uh, fonts and type moving in the future and and maybe becoming more of a audible signature not only a visual one right yeah i mean it's um it's quite interesting because this is the evolution of language right and and how we interact with it but but typography is the visual right so so yeah. in that sense it, it will remain in that sphere uh, but but i do like i do think that yes there will be more and more user interface that is audio rather than visual and and yeah. we need to we need to sort of see how that is going to work, right? Um, yeah. But I think like in terms of new technology that is coming to us that might play a role in, in, in you know, like type design and where we where we take it is, is AR and VR. So augmented uh, reality and virtual yes. reality. We do have quite a lot of typefaces that work really well in such environments. Uh -huh. But I think, you know, the same way that we have certain um, instances of, of uh, you know, user interface going more into the audio, uh, yeah. there will be cases, new ones, where the text will be coming, you know, in places where you do not expect the text. For example, on, on your dashboard, uh, mm -hmm. sorry, on the windshield, for example, when you're driving, right? As so heads up is, display, yes. The head up display, exactly, exactly. So I don't want to go for the technical, yeah, no, but, you know, basically. So you will, yeah, good. <laughs> so, so basically you'll be driving and then you'll, getting, you'll be getting your instructions right in front of you in an augmented reality sort of way, you know, overlaid into, into the streets and what else. And so, so in some places we'll have less visuals and less fonts and in other places we'll have more right so mm -hmm. so i think there will always be a place for typography and and for written communication the same way you know like it, it's been around for thousands of years right so it, it will continue the same way that um digital did not replace print even though we've spent a lot of time saying oh my god there will be no more print anymore and it will all go digital but but actually book sales are doing quite well these days and we still love to sit with read with a book right so um i think it's just an expansion of of how we will be 
and and like I said, some will go audio, and then text will come in other places. So okay. you know, they move. <laughs> that's uh, that's cool. Um, from that perspective of text overlaying and uh, legibility, etc., I, I I'm a big fan of Helvetica. I always say in Helvetica we trust. You know. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> we don't know what to write. I know it might be boring, but at least you know you can't go no, too no, no. wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. is known to be one of the most uh, legible fonts when it comes to signage, etc. At least from I, the documentaries I would that I challenge you on that, but okay. Yeah, but the question <laughs> is on the Arabic side. So what is it? Uh, what, in your opinion, is the the most? Uh, if we're not going for a for a for a, yeah, if we're not going for a uh, custom typeface, yeah. what is the yeah. Arabic uh, font that uh, is the best for, uh, suited for signage, for instance, in general, or for crowded right. visual environments? Right, right. So uh, I, it's a bit weird to recommend my own designs um, because <laughs> I did the, yeah because like normally for signage we always recommend Frutiger uh, for UI as well um, mm -hmm. and and the humanist style and, and I have designed the Frutiger Arabic so specifically to work on signage and you see it in Dubai Airport by the way so so it's already uh -huh. in place you see it also in Doha you see it in, like quite a few Arab uh, airports now have it uh, so that uh -huh. one that one works um, there are other typefaces as well that work I, I think it's, it's very important to recognize that in Arabic, the, the dynamics are very different between how we use the typeface and what is legible where. So for example, for signage, the Frutiger Arabic would work, for, but for a book, not at all, right? Yeah. So uh, absolutely not. Uh, there you would need something a little bit more traditional and more Nasr based. Um, if you're setting text uh, on Word, you could use my Dubai font, uh, <laughs> which is it's meant a, for that. It's available in, in Microsoft and Mac now. I remember uh, it was done for, with Microsoft, yeah. if I don't remember. Yes, yes. So it's it's on um, Office 365. So if okay. you have Office 365, it's you 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 have it, right? And then, but it's also available for free download. Um, but okay. uh, also from the default fonts, I would say Calibri Arabic is really good. So, oh, yeah. so that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. On 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 Office, it's excellent. I I love that typeface. I, and I did not design it. It's by Mahmoud Sakal, who's a Syrian designer who lives in Seattle. Ah, interesting. Well, we always yeah. said, I mean, despite the, the, the Calibri Gate story, we always had a saying in in in, uh, in the office a few years ago uh, where I used to work uh, that uh, if you do the presentation in Calibri, you will get less conflict. Yeah. <laughs> you get less opposition. It will usually fly smoother. It's, yeah, it's uh, in a English, good typeface. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. friendly typeface. But, yeah. And then, uh, you know, my, my problem always with... Uh, with English typefaces, that you know, by default you have Times New Roman, which I don't think is a is a, is a nice typeface. No. What's the equivalent in Arabic? What's the one that you know, like, you know, everybody uses by default, but they shouldn't? Yeah, I mean, it's the simplified Arabic that is sitting simplified with Arabic. Times. Yeah, so okay. it's, it's that style of like something that was really meant for perhaps newspaper is not very well drawn and and poorly spaced, and it's just it's like. Times is still much better than simplified Arabic, uh, yeah. you know, uh, which the font called simplified Arabic. Um, yeah. 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 So, so that one is like, ugh, yeah. <laughs> and 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 then on the total opposite side of the spectrum, what's the comic sense of Arabic? What's the one that will yeah, be, we, get us in trouble really if we use it? I, I, I don't <laughs> know because like the thing is like comic sense attained sort of like universal recognition because of being part of Windows uh, and an Office and 
the, the typeface itself is not ugly or horrible. It's just, it was the only sort of friendly, quote unquote, typeface yeah. that you could find in Office. And so it got to be used everywhere and abused, used and abused. Inappropriately um, used, yes. Inappropriately, exactly, exactly. If you're selling lemonade, it's fine. But yeah. uh, if you're having a presentation for a client, obviously not. In Arabic, we don't have the same because not, not at that cult level style. Um, so, so it's a little bit safer, you know? Those defaults like the simplified Arabic or what else, they, you might think they are safe, but quite often they will give an impression that basically you didn't think about the design and you just blurted out whatever is there and often it feels a little bit traditional, a bit weak and not so great. So, which is worse. I, I actually, no, I don't know if it's worse than comics or not, but uh, it's just not a good, not a good look. Well, I mean, it's, it's famous also because the CERN uh, in Switzerland, when they announced the Higgboson, they did it in Comic Sans. Yeah, I think yeah. it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. more of a tongue-in-cheek. And then a few yeah. years later, they did it on, uh, on April Fool's Day. That they, they're going to yeah. only use that one <laughs> yeah, going yeah. forward. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I it's lovable. It's, it's a country. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a Saturday Night Live sketch with uh, Ryan Gosling about fonts uh -huh. as well which is just uh -huh. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about like, oh my God, he said something in papyrus, how could you? And like this whole drama. <laughs> so I um, think, you know, we're, yeah. we're geeking out here and maybe yeah. you know, <laughs> there are two, three other people in the world who will be able to follow this episode, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll send have them to do more work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we, I think we're gonna have to do a visual version of this uh, session, so yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, talk to you when we catch up uh, later today. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, for, with that, I'd like to close our uh, episode today. I thank you very much, uh, Nadine, thank for you. joining me, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, dear listeners. Thanks again for being with us for this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and do you manage to, uh, you know, get some visual representation of what we will talk about? We, we promise you will get back with more. Uh, for those of you who would like to ask uh, questions or show support to what Nadine is doing, she's uh, she's uh, you know very available and accessible on Twitter, actually. Uh, realized recently that I've been following her for years before we bumped into each other. Uh, you can also contact uh, me on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And please make sure to uh, tune in to our viewers on your favorite podcast platform and rate us and review us. Thank you very much. Dear listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe to Wireless Viewers on your favorite podcast app. We are available on all popular platforms including Anrami, Apple and Spotify. Your opinion matters to us, so leave us a review with your feedback and stay tuned for more. Wireless Viewers.